0: Hey guys, Jeff here from BestTechy.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 40. Today I'm speaking with Manny Medina, CEO at Outreach, a sales engagement platform that increases the productivity of sales teams. We discuss what it was like to be on the original team building Amazon Web Services, the unique way he realized it was time to pivot his HR company into Outreach, and what it takes to create an effective cold email enjoy this podcast is supported by wix.com with wix you can create your own professional website choose a template you love or start from scratch drag and drop to customize anything and use advanced design features like video backgrounds and image galleries you can even add professional business solutions like an online store booking system or blog i've personally tested and reviewed wix on best techie and can say without a doubt that Wix is extremely easy to use and a great choice for both novice and advanced users. So go ahead, try it yourself. Go to Wix.com and create your own website today. That's Wix, W-I-X.com. I'm here with Manny Medina, the CEO at a company, Seattle-based company called Outreach, which is a leading sales engagement platform. And believe it or not, according to Manny, uh, I have I haven't tested out the product yet, but I believe him. It actually makes your sales team Ten times more effective. So many. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I always like to start with this question, uh, you know, throw it to you in terms of who you are and what you do on a day to day basis. Give give us a feel for you know what, what your your day to day is like and, and 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 what you're kind of doing right now on on a on a more detailed level than obviously what I just described as you being the CEO of, of outreach.
1: Yeah. So the the uh, what what I do sort of changes uh, based on on the needs of the company. Um, I, I I see myself as sort of the uh, the uh, the the driver uh, of the of the system, or if you would, of the of the system architect of the company that we're building. And um, I spend a lot of my time um, getting feedback. Um, I spend a lot of my time doing inspection in areas of the of the company where I think we're going to be uh, either needing help or we're going to experience a particular uh, area piece of growth or where we need or where we need some fixing to do, and and then in in one on one sitting, with meeting with customers. So, and and then when when I'm not here and doing all the things that I just said, uh, I spend time sort of like thinking about the problem and on the problem, um, you know where where are we going? Where is the market going? Um, how do we fit in the larger picture, and are we continuing to move in the right direction? And you know, I use a combination of public data and, and the and the data that we generate internally to sort of give give that some a good shake and a good thought.
0: Mm-hmm. That really, uh, you know, that that really resonates with me is that when I was running uh, my, uh, the other company I started called Kaya, which was an analytics company uh, for digital media companies. Um, I spent a lot of my time doing the exact same thing. I feel like, you know, as a founder, you 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 are responsible, uh, especially in the early days, for selling, you know, getting the product out there, getting it, you know, getting it in front of the first uh, however many customers you can, uh, and, and and closing those deals. But you're also responsible, like you mentioned, for the 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 overall kind of vision and understanding what the what changes are happening within the industry itself. You, know, you you originally had this you know I had this idea for an analytics product after being frustrated with existing ones right yep. uh, existing products out there and and it was like well okay so I now know what I think could be better but obviously the industry that you're in which is you're in, uh, in a sales engagement platforms so you're you're helping uh, sales teams get in and, and find customer uh, find customers and 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 sell to them um, but that that that's that that market's constantly changing, so you always have to be up keeping up to date, right? With with the latest trends and things as well. That's part of your job as founder, which sounds like you're doing. So, so that's so that's good and super important.
1: Absolutely, um, it, it's interesting. So a, a number of things change. So not only the industry changes. Um, we we are we're living in the middle of a number of things. So one is. Is we're living in in in, in 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 sort of a constant demographic shift. Um, you, you're seeing the old guard sort of like, re, you know, either promoted to to leadership and, and or moving out, and and then the people in charge of getting um, the job done and delivering production, you know, they're all millennials, mm-hmm. and and some of them, you you know, you, we live in a world. You think about this. We live in a world in which the people who were born in the year 2000 will soon be employable. And and you know, that makes me feel really old. But on the other hand, that's that's exactly where, you know, where the world is heading is, you know, there the people who are coming to work never sent a letter before. when people mm-hmm. who are coming like a physical letter before. So they to them that that world is weird. They were not they do not remember not having internet. So The um, the 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 change that we're seeing is only going to precipitate and and accelerate because of the demographic changes that we're seeing. And that's actually good news because the value system that the new um, batch of people who are coming into the online bring are different than the people who had it before. So we live in a world in which, you know, enterprise applications don't don't get a pass anymore for being for being lame and boring and, you know, a bunch of form fields and, and no help. Ah, uh, people expect things to you know be swipe right or swipe left and to read their minds and to pre-fill forms and to sort of make it super easy to to get work done. Uh, anything less than that is unacceptable nowadays right uh, it's
0: almost it's almost as if like if you have to be trained to use a piece of software that's you know <laughs> that's that's really no good for especially for the people entering the workforce these days they're so familiar with apps and 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 different and things just kind of being intuitive and, 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 you know, figuring out how to use them. And like, I, I I just, yeah. Exactly. And, 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 and
1: we live in a world in which there is so much data that, that, um, that the expectation is that you will use the data to make me smarter and make me better. And you will make me feel, um, that I'm getting a lot done with a, you know, with very little effort. Um, and, and that's, I think that that plays well to our advantage and that plays well to any startup advantage. And this is why, you know, the cycle of innovation, it actually, you know, I think it plays well for for startups in that they can now get in on, you take any industry and whatever is there, if it hasn't been innovated in the past five years, you got a chance. You see what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there is there is an opportunity to start taking the user to a better experience to get the same work done or more work done. And all of a sudden you're in play. So I think this is, a we're, we're living a magical moment in which anything out there is disruptable.
0: Right, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We were talking on a previous episode on, on the podcast with uh, Mike Murphy, who's a deputy tech editor at Quartz, and we were just talking about how, you know, we, we, we look at, like, companies like Apple and Google, and we're like, they're so entrenched in our lives, and it's like, they're not, like, an Amazon, they're, like, they're not going anywhere, but then at the same time, it's like, wait a second, that's a very kind of short view, right? Like, these these, there could be a company that we've never heard of, Coming out in t- five years, ten years, who comes out with a new way? You know, who says smartphones are going to be the way we, you know, we 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 communicate with people, you know, going forward for the next for however long, you know, there's gonna there there could be a better product that comes out that makes it you know that people buy. Apple could die. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like I was yeah, and Jeff Bezos. I I, I was recently reading an article is like how he he's he always talks about how. Amazon's gonna die one day. Like he treats every day as if Amazon's going to die uh, one day and be be up be uprooted by a another company. Yep, it's
1: interesting because um, whenever we're hiring, we get a lot of questions around competition and like how do you think of a competition? What what is Salesforce going to do in the space? Are you afraid? How are you gonna protect yourself? And. And it's interesting that I don't I don't think so much about competition. I think about more about the fact that every time every time you cure a pain, every time you provide value to a customer that that they were not expecting and they're now um, and they're now getting it from you, that new value that you provided becomes an entitlement. And all of a sudden you are the entitlement. And entitlement is not enough, right? Because somebody else will come and say, Hey, I'm gonna provide the next value. Um, o- over what the last uh, what outreach provides, mm-hmm. and that's going to be really the disruption. So, the the in my mind, the best recipe to stay ahead of all this is to continue to sort of iterate along two vectors. One is, can I solve another customer pain faster than whatever is there before, including me? And B, what is the latest technology that I can use to solve that problem, right? And 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 you will you know you will fail sometimes, but sometimes you'll run into you know brilliant things. So for instance. You know if you think about the ipad the the you know no, nobody wanted a, a device that they can read in bed it's not like customers came out saying it you see what i mean apple right. just like continued to iterate around different sizes of screens um until until they sort of came up with this realization that there is a lot of consumption you can do with a small enough device that you can take to bed and people were doing it with the phone originally and then you can now do it with a bigger device because it's better for reading and then once you crack that nut, then you realize that there is opportunity to enable the creators to do the same thing in a smaller device that is more portable. So you now you go down this vein of growth, <laughs> you just invent it, you see what I mean? Yeah. So you 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 have to continuously ask those two questions, like what other value can I be providing to the user that, that they're not getting right now? And what technology is available to me to provide it better than anybody else? And then just ask that ad nauseum and just never stop, right? And just deliver against that and you'll be safe. You know what I mean? You'll stay in yeah. business.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I was talking with um, Amanda Lannert, who's a CEO at a company called uh, Jellyvision, and and they yeah. originally were um, company that, that that created games, and now they do like HR type software, enterprise software, right? And, and 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 but they but they took many. My, my point is they took many pivots to get there, and the point is is that, you know, if you continuously kind of you know you're gonna have to reinvent yourself along the way. Every company does have to reinvent some model it's you know you can't just do the same thing forever. I mean even Facebook is now trying to come out with new advertising models because they realize that the newsfeed um, you know uh, they, they they need to they need to figure out ways to to generate additional revenues and like uh, and they cut back they, they cut back on the, the types of content that make it into the newsfeed and things like that like it's it's a constantly evolving process you're, you may not pivot your entire company, but you're pivoting. Let's say products within your company uh, for for you know for that for that very reason. Yep. So um, the,
1: the interesting thing is that you know the, that that kind of um, thinking you know got us slack. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of thinking got us um, got got you know the the the, the, the pivoting is, is interesting because the pivoting is 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 seeing as a fortuitous development in in a, in a company history when in reality it, it should be considered the norm. Right. I mean, like you may not be doing big pivots. You're doing micro pivots all the time. Like even Amazon Web Services was not a was was kind of like a little bit of a pivot because Amazon needed it at a time to sort of create services boundaries to even
0: get their get out of their own way to be able to scale the website. You see what I mean? Yeah. And then they well, start that, asking. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's one of the things I would I wanted to talk to you about as well, which is like, because so, you were uh, let's backtrack for a quick second. You were part of the early team. That um, that basically started working on Amazon Web Service as what we know as AWS today. Um, Correct. So, talk 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 to us a little bit about how that came to be and and what that was like. So so I, I can give you my experience. Um, you
1: know there is in the uh, on, uh, there's another there's another narrative on the Everything Store that that I don't know what you know which one is true, but. I can tell you my experience. So I joined a group called um, uh, associates and websites. So the, the, the group was called associates when I joined it. And it was the referral program for uh, for Amazon that drove about 10 to 15 percent of the website traffic. And what you think about associates is the referral links that you put on a, on a website where you let's say that you have a website about books um, or or, um, or you have a website about, you know, uh, um, you have content or cooking recipes or whatever. And that website wanted you to point to a, a link for buying a book that you're recommending. That book will have a code that would allow you to track that referral and you'll, you know, you'll get 20% of that sale back. Um, so we were working on that on that project. And then um, Jassy was rolling off from becoming from being the uh, the um, uh, Jeff's uh, right hand. And and he was given this project of, of, of sort of, quote unquote, turn Amazon inside out and let a thousand flowers bloom and the thousand flowers started with the associate program right so the the idea is that we have uh you know thousands of associates that were you know stay-at-home coders or stay-at-home web developers and to some degree so what you know they were the the original recipients of a lot of what uh, amazon web services was mind you at that time the word cloud did not exist the, the what you were selling is hosting right so right. There were give, other give,
0: a, give us a give us a, a frame of reference for that in terms of uh what years are we talking about here so this is
1: 2003, okay. And and then in you know somewhere between 2000 and 2003, there is you know the 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 hosters, um, you know if you wanted to get a website up and running, you 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 um, you go to a, a host services like in this case one of the the most popular one I think it was called HostGator, that was really right. cheap. Um, and you go there and then you sort of buy you buy memory, you buy a domain. Um, uh, you buy it, you know, they will sell you sort of packages with an email server and 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 sort of you you start you know crafting your website and you know you bust out some PHP and you got something up and running. Um, that was that was sort of the um, the way we did it. I don't even remember whether WordPress was around or not at the time, but you know a lot of a lot of the websites uh, that existed at that point were hand coded, handcrafted. Um, so there was no, the cloud did not exist as a thing. It was mostly, you know, a bunch of, you know, people offering information online and you're navigating from one place to the other. Um, Google was just becoming a thing. Um, the, uh, you know, there were still, the, there, there was, there was just some resolution between AltaVista and Yahoo and, and all the different ask chief and all the different search engines that were sort of vying, uh, for, for, for. Uh, uh, to become the top search, search engine. And Google was be, was was sort of like taking off. Um, and around that time is when two things happened. One is is that, you know, we, we started thinking, asking the question internally. Uh, I, I distinctly remember that uh, a weekly business review where, where, uh, where you know, Jeff went line, this line of inquiry saying, hey, who, who would be the most, the best, who would be the most efficient at, at running um, at running infrastructure online for retailers, and and the answer was us. Like we were, you know, we were like one of the largest. It was us in Walmart at the time. And then the second question is, um, who would be the most efficient in running on uh, online infrastructure in the world? And and it turns out that Amazon was one of the largest sites at that time, and and and, and we were very good at it, right? So we we had a lot of and and, and the dynamic was the following, right? To to continue to stay ahead of our growth. We had to buy a lot of spare capacity anyway, because we needed to, you know, be ready for spikes and things of that nature. In which we we means that we had a lot of idle servers sitting around. So a, a small group of myself and a couple of others went and started saying, you know, if we were to price this on a per minute or per byte basis, how would that look like? And and that was when it got interesting because you know you have two sort of like curves playing at the same time. Like one is, you know, the cost of um, memory goes down over time uh, because of Moore's law. And but then in and the processing power, goes up uh, at the same time because exactly because of Moore's law. But the, the interesting thing is that there is a dynamic of like, you know, you have to pay more for more processing power where memory goes down over time, Right. but the but the cost on a transaction moved per bid goes down over time. And, and and there has to be invested in infrastructure, which creates this kind of like step functions over time that in which you have to throw more boxes. But those boxes get amortized as, 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 as you get more volume. So getting that. That dynamic right in such a way that we can come up with a pricing model in which we make you know 50% margin on the sale of that of that of that bid um, was the trick, right? And we iterated over the model a few times and then you know we released it, but we released it first to the associate groups, which were already customers of Amazon, and we asked them to start moving their websites and we asked them to start moving their storage and we asked them to sort of like you know implement a checkout pipeline that they can do it on their own website and things of that nature. And that's when sort of it was it was a, a, a bottoms up sort of groundswell that took about 10 years to manifest itself. And before it it sort of like it hit that inflection point where it grew really fast. But the first 10 years of Amazon Web Services was not clear that this was gonna be a runaway success. And and, and the the more fascinating thing that actually, you know, looking back, um, I reflect almost every day is the fact that, i don't know if you've seen the uh, the whole like virtual cycle of amazon growth right where you start with like you know if you have if you have selection selection will bring users if you have a lot of users you can help drive, drive down price and that allows you to bring other merchants into the equation which drives up selection which brings in users which drives on price and you create this virtual cycle well at that time amazon did not have the most selection ebay did and at that time amazon did not have the lowest price walmart did walmart actually had a policy of of, of, of um, scraping Amazon's website and price everything at 10% lower than what Amazon did. So we were in this constant fight, just trying to get more selection, trying to drive lower price without being the first and just staying with it. And, and we stayed with it for a very long time before we started winning. Um, and then it was in the middle of that craziness that we launched Amazon Web Services. You see what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, and we're like, what are we doing? You know, this is hard enough. Like, we, we don't need it yet another thing. Right, right, right. It's it's like another limb to worry about. about. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So, it, it, so you know, this the rest of history. But that was sort of the dynamic that was happening at that time. It was it was incredible amount of work. I don't remember ever taking a weekend off uh, for the for that two and a half three years while I was there. Um, and
0: it and it was just you know just get after it uh, every day that's such an incredible story to me like I, I just i just find that so fascinating and what you know, i i just have to like I, like could, when you started working on this pro i mean you kind of alluded that you weren't really sure what it was going to turn out to be but if you look at aws today it's such a behemoth it, like it it's it, it's such a huge part of amazon's business as well like did is there did you ever foresee that you know being that being the case or like was that just not even in in in, in like the, the 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 mirror like did you not even just see that no nobody did
1: <laughs> I, I think even bezos had his own doubts i i like jazzy had doubts like like he like i remember this one time i was talking to his ea and she was like yeah i think he's he's tired this is taking a long time to turn into uh-huh. anything like it was yeah. a, it was a crime like if you just look at the price of amazon like I was comparing that the, the you know the price of Amazon with the price of Google because you know they, they were sort of came out at the same time and Google just took off like a rocket right like they never stopped but Amazon sort of like hover around sixty bucks a share for like ten years mm-hmm. you know what I mean and they went up to hundred and then we went to one hundred and twenty but like it, it didn't like like you know have that inflection point until like two thousand and like ten you know what I mean yeah. like yeah, this yeah. is relatively recent so like it wasn't clear at all you know, for the first seven to eight years. Like, where was this going? And not only that, but like, Amazon was getting panned by the press and, and you know, Barron's and, and Wall Street Journal's would write articles saying, you should, you guys should just stick to books and DVDs. What, you know, this cloud is <laughs> nonsense. What are we in the hosting business? Who who does that?
0: Right, right. And, and considering the hosting business was, such, is, what I mean, still is, was, still is, right? A, a saturated market. I mean, it, there's just so many, Traditional web hosts, there was, there's still so many of. Uh, but right. a, I, I, what you guys did was obviously a lot different. Uh, um, but and and you're continue and then Amazon has continued to innovate uh, in offering different product solutions right. uh, for, for startups and businesses that need, you know, different types of databases and and, and hosting infrastructures and things like that. Right. Um, ori- but originally. Uh, I'm, can you what was, what was the original AWS? What did that look like? What, what, what were the original products? I, don't, I honestly don't know. So
1: it was a chicken and egg problem at the very early days because the problem with having a platform is that you're not a platform until somebody calls you a platform. So you have to show that you can be a platform for anything to to for for services online, right? So the idea is that you're going to move from having you know static websites online to, to having stores online where you can transact to have in full applications, right? Like fully fleshed out, business grade, um, applications living on the cloud. And that and that insight was powerful, especially back in 2003, but that wasn't the case across the board. So the first few things that we did, so not only we started building infrastructure such as S3, right? Like that's I think the oldest mm-hmm. service. But the things that we started doing was we started creating services that would run on the cloud just to show that it was possible so we build mechanical turk for instance right and mechanical turk had no reason for being other than you know <laughs> it was online and like you know we could show that we can run a service online and that seemed like a good idea and i remember talking to the guy who i forgot his name right now that 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 build it and he was walking around telling these jokes about you know like it started as as a bit of a joke right like what if we, we build the same thing on mechanical turk in which you feel like computation is happening online but reality is just people that are in a box Mm -hmm. So it was a bit of a joke. And then the joke is starting being less funny because we started coding it. And (laughs) and before you knew it, it became a service. And before you knew it, it became the thing that people used to research and to do like, you know, menial tasks and small work. And before you knew it, it became like, you know, the the sharing economy and like the gig economy and, you know, websites like Fiverr and others started started sprouting up. Right, it was Uh, like
0: the OG gig economy, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's exactly right. And like Amazon didn't even take it seriously. Like they wouldn't even put it on like, the, I don't think you can ever find Mechanical Turk on like their 10K reports. Because it was a bit of a joke. It was a bit of like, you know, we just do it because we could. And then all of a sudden we have millions of users and we don't know what to do with it. So it became kind of like the thing that we just look at it with despair and we just move on. Um, That's crazy. So, it's, so it started with, with that, right? It started with, with, you know, just seeing what was possible to show the capabilities of we tried to convince you know, mom and pop users to move online.
0: That's, it's, it's so nuts. Like, and it makes me like, think kind of like, um, how how, you, you just, you know, you just never know and like you start off doing one thing, but it all, but sometimes it can just lead to something completely different. That's even more of a success. Um, like and, and and when I'm you know I, I was doing some reading about outreach and I, and I I realized if you like fast forward a little bit to today where we're talking let's let's talk about outreach a little bit again. Um, from what I understand, that what your your uh, original business that you intended to build was not outreach when you but it just turned into outreach, right? Correct. <laughs> We, so we it started, seems like you have you have like you like at like your Amazon jeans have like followed you around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so you know it's interesting because um, I, I get this question a lot of like how do you know when to double down and how do you know when to stop? Uh-huh. And I, I frankly I don't have a good answer for it. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone like, really does to be honest. Right. Um, uh, I recently meet, uh, met the. Um, Adam, the CEO of Vettery, and Vettery uh, is what we were supposed to become with group talent, which was the original outreach. Um, we just didn't have it in us to, to, to make it work, right? Like Vettery works really great because they have a customer acquisition model that is better than anybody else's and they're able to attract both talent and, uh, and they have a, a revenue model that is also very efficient. So he was able to create sort of the marketplace where, where he is able to attract talent and recruiters. For companies to to go do it, um, and we 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 didn't have a marketing a, you know a, like a paid advertising gene in us, we still mm-hmm. don't, and, and we just don't like so we don't we don't understand that model, but we understand the model of you know activity times conversion uh, equals you know meetings, and and we and we sort of optimize that and build uh, an engine internally that would allow us to go get more clients and then also go get more more. Uh, more prospects or, 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 um, candidates that is. So we, the the original outreach, um, came to be when we, when we're literally sitting, sitting on, on group talent, you know, the, the four founders and about two salespeople. And we're like, okay guys, we have two months of cash. What are we going to do? We can raise, we're not growing fast. Um, and, and, and I think it happened because we had a bad month. So we had, we had, we were expecting to have our first million dollar month and that didn't come through. Uh, and we're like, oh crap! Um, you know what we're we gonna do? Nothing like a, and- a splash of cold water to the face to wake you up. <laughs> exactly. And then we looked at yeah. the bank account, and this is not working out. Um, so we decided to give it one last shot, which is, uh, you know, we built that. We built two services. One that one uh, it was sort of like an, on- an online service that 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 would do web scraping on a per- on a person, then create kind of like a dossier of that person's profile. And then and then on the ha- one half of the page and the other half of the page, it will create it would allow a writer to come in and write two lines of personalization, one which would be a subject line and the other would be the first line in, a, in, a, in an email. So so that way we're able to manufacture personalized emails to people we don't know at scale. And what we would do is we would pay um, writers. So there is a, a lot of freelance uh, uh, website websites to hire freelance writers. So we mm-hmm. went to those. We said, hey, we have a service. That if you come in, we will pay you. 25 cents per, per per line, per line of email written, um, and you know that ended up being about I don't know like $11 an hour online for you to like bang out like more like 15 actually, uh, if you can bang out bang them out efficiently, mm-hmm. and that attracted quite a bit of people right because all you're to have to do is sit sit at home for a couple of hours, uh, and, and you know a lot of the people in, in those websites were students or people who are in between things and just bang out you know 20, $15 an hour just writing emails. So they worked out really well for them, and the response rate that we got on the, we got on the emails was you know north of forty percent. So forty wow. percent on a cold prospect email is incredibly high.
0: That's 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 insanely high. <laughs> so,
1: so they they half the trick was the personalization, but the other half was the follow up, right? So you know a email will go out that was hyper personalized, and there will be two follow ups after that saying, hey, I, uh, I know you're busy, but I was wondering if you took a look at this last email. And 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 that created this engine that just generated meetings for us because people eventually would reply and would reply and say, yeah, totally happy to me. And um, and that and that allows us to sort of get the get the meetings going. But that's that's when the the sort of the the pivotal moment happened to us when, you know, we will will go to employers and ask them uh, if, you know, offered our services and 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 get them to, to sign an agreement with us. And they were like, what's your secret sauce? We all we already have either control recruiters or internal recruiters are doing this job for us. And we're like, well, we build this engine that allows us to, you know, get really high engagement with candidates. And that's when the conversation stopped and the person on the other side would say, I want to buy that engine. I don't want to buy your service. <laughs> I mean... There are 20 I, of those. We're <laughs> like, hey, guys, I think I have a good idea here.
0: So, um, that, I mean, that's just so, that's just so, that's just so cool. Like, I mean, so you, you were sending out these cold emails, obviously, that were there were two i mean i would i would imagine like you said like the first the subject was personalized and the first line was personalized and then the other part was like pull i guess was more automated um, based yeah. on the the, the the data you had pulled up about that person correct so the so like can you give us an, an example of like what 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 was what did one of those emails look like what was so what was so impressive about it that when you went to the meeting and they're like yeah we don't really care about your hr software but boy that that email that you sent like <laughs> how so did you do that?
1: So it was more about this, right? So the the so there's two parts of that question. So one is how the email looked like. So the email would look like this. So we will go and do research. You know, um, we will have a a, 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 a scrape, and it's mostly like i you know we're using the Google API at a time, and it will look into like you know let's say Jeff Jeff, you know Jeff's profile, and it will find some things on on LinkedIn. Sometimes it will find you know if your Facebook. Um, if your facebook profile was open it will you know pull stuff out of that and you know find stuff out of twitter etc and then the writer will have like like two minutes to scan your information and to see you know what's what's uh, what's interesting about you the the best emails um were used so we had like our best performer uh from the writers was this guy who was a comedian and and he was he was a stand-up comedian and he was sort of trying to build a career there mm. and so, you know, he would, you know, he would rehearse, you so he, you know, he would be booked at night, but so during the day, he, he, he had free time, so he became a writer for us. And, and he will find something about your profile and write something funny as, a, as the opening line, right? Like something, something obscure and funny. <laughs> That's amazing. And that had, like, 100% reply rates. Like, that dude was killing it. <laughs> and, 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 uh, um. So and that's that's what ca- captured people's attention. So we we packaged the service and and when we went to to um, employers who would say, you know, we have the superpower internally to create really high engagement from people you don't know, and that's powerful for you because you're usually those are the people you want to recruit, and that's when the conversation would stop and they'd be like, how do you do that? And they would yeah, tell, well, yeah. this thing internally, and they were like, I need that, <laughs> right?
0: So yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's that's how that's how we ended ended, ended up working out.
0: Wow, like. Oh my! That, that's just such a cool. That's just so cool. Like I, so I, so. I I I just got to talk more about these cold emails because like, when it comes to sales, right? What you you know, uh, and what you're doing at outreach, um, I guess first of all, what, what would like, what should I do, at, at, or anyone who's listening, you know, who has a startup or whatever, uh, or just in sales. How how do you make your cold emails as good as <laughs> what you guys are doing? Um, so obviously it needs a, a, some personalization. Uh, yeah. and I guess maybe maybe sign up for outreach. Like what 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 does it look like when I sign up? Like, um, what you know, if I were to sign up for outreach or 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 any tips that you have in terms of you know what needs to be in a cold email for it to be so, a success?
1: So yeah, that's a great idea. So the first thing is that is that. Let, you know outreach is right now not just a a, a call email uh, tool, but what it is is right. a is that, is that it creates a workflow for you and and what you need to f- what you need to figure out as, as as a startup is how to capture the person you you know you usually have a target of people that you want to talk to so preferably try to try to start a company for whom your sales cycle uh, it could be could be uh, has has more than one person that you can sell to because it's, it's, it's easier that way so it's, it's number one yeah. number two um you have to figure out what makes them tick and it's not only an an, an, e- an email uh and, and sort of copy is too much of a restrictive uh set of data so you should they, you should think about what are the combinations of touches that will get you the highest performance so that you can then scale it and roll it out to a sales team. So it could be that um, the best way to get a hold of you is to send you a LinkedIn connect. Uh, it could be that the best way to get a hold of you is to send you a package. It could be that the best way to get a hold of you is to um, is to first of all retarget you uh, or or target target some advertising in you know for you. And then use that as a way to sort of get you to know my brand before I reach out to you. Call. So there's a lot of things that you can do before you get a hold of somebody. Now, if you're just talking about email per se, um, if you were to send a cold, completely cold email, my recommendation is that is that is that you try to make it as relevant as possible. You, you try you try to get yourself in that person's head, and try to make the subject line and the first line as relevant as possible to that person. And I know that sounds, you know, of course you're gonna do that. But relevancy is, is, um, is a tricky thing. It, right. it, it and, might, you know,
0: and it could always be changing too, right? So that's like.
1: exactly it, that's exactly it. So so I can tell you what is so personalization, which is what people use, is not relevancy. And you could personalize and still not get any results. So I get a lot of emails, or I see a lot of emails going through the system of people using whatever they find on your LinkedIn profile or, or in, your, in your Twitter feed, and sort of making a comment around that right like oh you live in you live in uh, in Atlanta and because you live in Atlanta you must be a fan of the of you know the of the Falcons and how are they doing and you know how is you know um the, you know the quarterback doing or whatever that may not even be relevant to you like you might not even watch football like you, you, you see what i mean so try mm-hmm. to stay away from the from the from the trifle try to stay away from the from the sort of generic you know semi personalized stuff um, and try to really get in that person's head, right? Like for instance, if I'm a CEO and I work at a high growth company, chances are my AWS bill is gonna be out of control. You see what I mean? Cause yeah. I, and so if you send me an email talking about, you know, reducing or putting, getting my my Amazon Web Services bill under control, I'm gonna be very receptive to that kind of pitch because I have that problem right now. You see what I mean? Or, yeah. or if you ask me about, um, if you send me a pitch, actually, I, I read this email not too long ago about somebody who is pitching a weight for you that every time you do business travel to make some time in that city that you're in, to do something fun, to do something different. And I do a lot of business travel and I do find myself with some time whenever meeting cancels or, you know, flights are delayed or, you know, for whatever reason, I have to stay in a city for longer than I need to, uh, you know, finding something engaging to do. is kind of relevant to me. You see what I mean? And, but, and, but that wasn't the case, you know, two years ago. Is this the case now. And, and 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 so you're going to have to like try out things a and b you're going to try to really get into the person's head and see what they're doing and what they're into to really get to the bottom of personalization or like relevancy rather than that personalization and that's why gotcha. like, this is not an easy game this is why it's best performed by humans and that's why when we did it the, the best results we had is when it was pers- when it was when the relevancy was done by a human who really spent the time in doing it
0: gotcha so so one of the things that's important when it comes to sales is, and I, you mentioned this before, I think as well, is uh, being able to have a repeat process, right? Something that uh, you know that 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 can be done time and time and time again. That's when you can really scale it. And right. uh, at, for for uh, for an early stage founder or a sell, a small sales team what you know what 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 is that what what is what does that process look like um you know and 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 like how um and how should it be structured in in such a way that you know that it can be repeated
1: to, to run it by me one more time the 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 premise of the question
0: yeah, so like it, 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 you know when you're when you're an early when you're a founder and you're you're the only one doing the selling early on, right then you know you, you get some traction you, you put you bring on a couple sales people and then in order once you start once you start like uh, experimenting right with a way to kind of sell in a way that's repeatable something that can be done over and over and over again uh in the same way um and 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 and, and find success selling the, whatever, uh, the product that you have um in order to put something like that in place right you you know there. uh what 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 needs to be in, in, involved in that in that process? Because obviously you guys have done that at outreach, and you help other businesses do that as well um, with your product. Um, but like, so so what what are some of those elements that need to be involved um, or included when you're when you're building a repeatable sales process?
1: That's a great question. So the the first thing that you need to nail before hiring people or as early as you can is your story. Once you nail the story or the or the set of stories that are going to resonate with your customer, then you can start scaling it out. I see many people who said, oh, I found product market fit, meaning whatever is problem you're solving, there is a market for that. And that's great. The problem, though, is that if you cannot make your story repeatable and make it in such a way that it sticks, then you're going to bring a bunch of people you won't be able to train them. And then that's just going to sit on your, on your, you know, on your, on your, balance sheet eating away your cash mm-hmm. so so you have to be able to make your story repeatable then and, and you can do that as a as a, comp, as a, as a, as a as a solo founder right like you make sure that you have a, a good tracking of how are you telling your story to whom are you telling the story and what's resonating about the story and get to a point in which if you do 10 sales well like put like I was telling this to a friend like just get to a million dollars of new of new revenue right by using the same story you know you're good right and then at that or like you put whatever number maybe maybe half a million dollars maybe a hundred thousand dollars like but pick a number that is meaningful enough for you to say yeah i feel like there's trash on in the story and then and then and then and then lock that and then bring a couple of people in and now you can talk about the process you see what i mean now that you have the story down then you can talk about what is the process by which i'm going to reach out to people so is a process, you know, is my, you know, where are your buyers? What do they care about? What are they reading? How do you get a hold of them? You know, what what is the age demographic they live in? Um, the they, they interesting what what is fascinating about sales is that is that what you're doing really is running a small social experiment, right, of of figuring out what resonates with people and what makes people do things. And, and that's why I love this industry is that, you know, there is no one size fit all you have to figure out what is important to those people that you're trying to sell to. So the, um, if you see selling as more of a, a challenge of education, right? If you see yourself as a doctor in Africa trying to get malaria drugs distributed, then your demeanor changes, right? The, the, the urgency and the, and the way that you go about it is different than if you're saying, I'm just going to make a buck and then just move on. Uh, if you see it sales as the beginning of the relationship, then, then the way by which you lay out your pitch and you layer your process, uh, it's, it's gonna make it a lot more meaningful so your job is to try to get a hold of the right person make him aware of the pain that you're about to solve sort of get into talk shop and then sort of offer a range of solutions out of which one of one of them is yours and get into pick you you see what I mean if you see your process as a, as a process of discovery and education um, along with your pitch then that's then you have something you can scale out to many many sellers
0: that makes sense i, I and I think one of the other things that um that I wanted to talk to you about with regard to the sales process was, you know, in last year and in this year as well, we've heard a lot about like chatbots. Yep. Um, and 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 you know, for use not in customer service but also in sales. I'm just curious. Are do you think are chat chatbots are effective for sales, or 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 is that not really something that you're looking forward towards? Uh, as a as a real sales tool in twenty nineteen,
1: I think chatbots is is yet another channel, right? Chatbots mm-hmm. is like saying, is it effective to have the greeter at the end at the at the entrance of your store? Of course, it is effective. It makes it a much better experience. But it's that is you know how much revenue is are going to drive? I don't know. Right. Like, or what are you replacing? So chatbots in my mind are replacing forms, right? So you, now you have an interactive um, entity that that you can sort of either. Figure out where you are in the discovery. Like, are you in your sorry, like in your education process? Like, are you just finding out about this particular problem, or you have a problem that you're trying to solve, or you're just curious and you're beginning your research? Like, where are you in that in that sort of like a spectrum of of awareness versus interest versus versus uh, readiness? Um, and 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 the second thing is that chatbots have not evolved yet to become a fully conversational engine, right? Like a lot of them are right. just right. That's
0: the main problem with them. Right.
1: Yeah, a lot of them are just glorified, you know, IVRs, right? Like they are they're the response systems that are that have kind of like pre-coded, um, you know, if then statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's neither a good or bad thing. It's just that it it sort of replaces something that sucked in the past, such as forms with something that doesn't suck as much, which is an IVR. But, you know, so it's a step in the right direction. I don't know that it's going to make, make a huge difference, especially given that it's not fully conversational.
0: Yet. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, in, ter- in terms of AI, is that something you guys are focused on at Outreach? I know you mentioned before how, um, you know, sales is a very human thing. And, yep. I, and I, I kind of view these sales engagement tools, like Outreach, for example, as ways to enhance and and, and, and kind of scale the sales process um, and, and make it less tedious for the salesperson. Um And and just make it easier, I guess, you know, with all the built in reminders and like things like that, um, you know, and and, and when there's new news about a company and all that stuff. Right. Um, Yeah. But how do you how do you view how do you view A.I.? Is that something that you uh, are working on at at outreach, like incorporating more artificial intelligence into the product?
1: We are. We are. We are. We are. But we are we are doing it in such a way that it 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 it, um, it it empowers the rep to be better at what they do. So, you know, if we were to ask me, you know, where is AI going? Like, are we replacing humans? Are we, Are we? you know, is, is, is chat gonna be the new thing um, that is gonna replace humans? And I don't think we're nowhere near to that, especially the more complex the sale, the, um, the more you need sort of like a, a good problem solving conversation to right. figure out what is that you're trying to do. Um, and, and right now we're still in the, in the early stages of technology uh, or machine learning in particular, um, helping the human be better at what they do. So just be more efficient at the tasks that they do, removing some of the, that of the, of the sort of the, the, the crumminess and the, and the rote, uh, tasks out of the humans, um, day to day and, and giving more time and assistance to do better things, more intelligent things that sort of tee up the human to be better. So for instance. Um, the, you know, when, when you're about to engage in a conversation, you know, the more relevant up to date, kind of like fresh information you have or your tips that you are then able to con- to consume and process and use in the conversation, the better off you're going to be, but it's not just, you know, it's not just the insight and it's not just the data It's the ability for you to take that data and use your human abilities to weave that into a story that will decide your win or your lose. You see what I mean? Not just the yeah. ability to, say, you know, facts but the ability to sort of like use that as a way to gain empathy or, or, or sort of like establish rapport or sort of like to gain credibility. Only in those instances, technology is gonna help you.
0: Otherwise, it's just a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and those traits are not, are something computers cannot do yet. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, and,
1: and, um, and, and it's yeah. interesting because it, it's not, it, you know, it's not yet, is because um, I, I think we're getting better. So, you know, what we're going to see over the next five years is like a, a better way for us to start classifying information and then, you know, and then it, it, it's corollary human emotion and, and then sort of help the human guide more um, through that conversation better. Uh, or that interaction better based on what we what the computer will perceive, not only as the human emotion, but is this increasing or decreasing the likelihood of that of a transaction happening here? Right.
0: You see what I mean? Wouldn't wouldn't it be wouldn't it be interesting if like the computer, like when you made a call right to uh, uh, uh to make a sale to hopefully to, uh, to cust- potential customer, and the computer's also on the line listening in, right? And yeah. it can tell based on um the tone of the voice, the re- the, the responses. Whether or not there's a likelihood that you're gonna make this <laughs> the sale or not, um, I don't know. Could just be, could just make you more effective uh, as a salesperson.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing is that you have to separate both things, right? The, the fact that you know maybe what that with that this interaction is leading to a positive outcome, you know, because historically that has happened, right? Whenever I hear these particular keywords or whenever I hear these tones of inflection. You know, the likelihood of a positive outcome coming out of this call just went up by I don't know, 10, 15, 20%. But the interesting thing is the other side of that equation, which is by me just telling you that, I just gave you more confidence whether that information is true or not. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So yeah. the psychological effect of me giving you a positive reinforcement in the middle of a conversation has in itself a a, a self fulfilling effect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I think that that in itself is positive. You don't even need AI for that. I can just tell
0: you you're doing great. Right, <laughs> right now. exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> and a good you point. How the call is going? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a great point. That's a great point. I want. I want to move on to the the last question real quick and just talk about this briefly um, before we get to the lightning round, which is so outreach has raised more than 100 million dollars to date, and I, from what I understand, like originally you you didn't even want to raise money. It Was Kind of like i don't want to say forced into it by your co-founders um but when you were raising money i from what i read this article you had this like this one slide and then uh when it came to uh revenue and it was yeah. just titled like uh mrr which is monthly recurring revenue yeah and it was just a screenshot and then yeah. and from what i read um <laughs> you you would do the presentation you would show this slide then you would refresh the slide and it would go up right. <laughs> and then And that basically is how you sold investors uh, in in, in investing in your company. Yep, I I had that slide and I said, this is our revenue
1: attraction, we sell to salespeople, and then there will be a second slide that said, any questions?
0: (laughs) That's cocky, it's awesome, Um, I love it. What, would you you give the same fundraising tip to a a fellow entrepreneur? Um, So it's interesting.
1: I was thinking about that question in the past. Uh, i would I would give the advice that I would give is that is that there is a, a professor uh, 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 I think Wharton School did a study around you know what was the highest correlated to fundraising success. And the th- the highest correlated thing was your attitude and the certainty by which you said things. So I think this slide, was kind of the outcome of it was like the epitome of, of that <laughs> it was the epitome of that but it was the epitome of that before for a different reason Right? it was a pity mm-hmm. so i got to the same sort of like a state uh you know mindset and state um because we have been through a pivot because we have been through you know hell and back because we are about to shut down the company and at that point i felt invincible you see what i mean like the, the product was doing well we were we, you know we were selling you know we got to a million dollars in ARR in 6 months which is very remarkable even in at this mm-hmm. day and age. And, um, and 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 my team was just flying high right like my team was feeling feeling really good about serving customers and 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 uh, and and getting money for doing it which is kind of like you know the dream um, so at that point and and, and then you know you know, I really wanted to see it through. I really wanted to see whether we can make it to the point where we were self sustaining and then raise on, on our terms But we're kind of getting tired of, you know, living off of ramming and, 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 uh, and living in small apartments and letting our apartments go to shit because we didn't have any money.
0: So, <laughs> I so don't blame um, you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so the, the, you know, the founders kind of did, you know, we had a vote and I got a vote, so I went to the race, but you know, they, I
0: get to build this slides and I get to say, I get to have the pitch. <laughs> you kind of, so, you kind like, you kind of went in there like with the equivalent, like the equivalent of it, like in the dating world, like playing hard to get. <laughs> that, that's
1: exactly right. I was almost, yeah.
0: you know, playing it as in like coming back to my co-founders and being like,
1: hey guys, I couldn't raise, uh, and so I did it in such a way that I had two slides, and one of them was revenue, and 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 and, and, and the real reason is I was very proud of that that slide. I was I was very proud yeah. of the fact that we were that we were making money very quickly and, and you know, you can vary every, you know, I remember one of our angel investors gave me one piece of advice is that, you know, whenever you're fundraising, make sure that there is that you, one of your main slides is something that goes up and to the right. And if that's revenue it's even better. <laughs> so like just pick something that goes up into the right. And then, for us, it was revenue and I was very proud of it. So, um, they, my advice to, to all the, uh, entrepreneurs out there is that, is that, is that pick something of, of for which you're unequivocally and unabashedly incredibly proud, and then just come out and just like bang it, you know, you know, go 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 bang bang that drum really hard when you're yeah when you're practicing.
0: Definitely, I, I'd agree with that. Cool. So let's 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 uh let's let's you made it to the lightning round, so let's let's uh let's do that. Which of course, lightning round supported by Wix. You can create a professional website today. That's at wix.com. That's wix.com. So, Manny, whenever you're ready, you let me know and we'll get started.
1: Let's do it. All
0: right. Here we go. Would you ever go skydiving? No. Okay. I don't I don't think I would either. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could do it. Uh, what is my life? Like, I, I live a very, you know, a very risky <laughs> life. I don't need to take more risk. This yeah, you don't need to inject more risk into your no, life. Gotcha. What is one food you could never bring yourself to eat? can think of anything i eat everything you need everything. Uh, well, everything that's that, that's that's a that's an answer that works <laughs> if you think of something you let me know i'll edit it in later <laughs> what's uh what's what's your favorite artist or band oh, that's a great question um can i pick two sure
1: um so one is uh pearl jam i love okay. pearl jam. um and the other one is um, I'm, I'm, I'm from Ecuador, so I grew up listening to, you know, Caribbean um, and, Latin, and Latin American music. So there's a, an artist called Ruben Blades that I love. So those two.
0: Cool. I'll have to check out that second one. Uh, best movie you've seen lately? It could be a new movie. It could be an old movie as long as you've seen it lately.
1: <laughs> best movie. Yeah. Um, Gosh, you know, I saw Ghostbusters, the original one, uh, last weekend, and I really enjoyed it. Can't get it off my head right now. I don't know why. Had,
0: had you had you had seen you had you had seen that before, or is that the first time you saw it? No, I seen it. Man. I seen. I saw it in. So <laughs> this is the second time I seen it. The first okay. time I saw it in Spanish. Ah, okay.
1: So I got a lot more enjoyment out of it now that I you know semi fluent in English. And I actually understood what they were saying as opposed to having to read the subtitles the entire time
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean I, it's a great movie. I, I actually was on TV the other day. I think here uh, I watched part of it as well
1: <laughs> No, but you Let, know, so I was, I was I was telling you this one of the one of my favorite movies that, that I really love is a movie called uh, I think it's called Gattaca uh-huh. It's about this uh, it's about this society in which you know, all humans are are um, are, are genetically designed and, mo- and modified and somehow this one kid is born out of out of you know the straightforward way in which humans are made um, right. and he was born with his this heart condition and and because of that there is a, he ne- he can't participate in any anything society-wise so he's part of a subculture of of humans that are just made by by normal human reproduction and and somehow he challenges – I think the movie ends with he challenging his brother to uh, to a swim, to go out in the ocean and swim as far as I can and then coming back, and he beats him. And it was such a – like every time I think about it, like it, it it's uh, such an inspiring movie.
0: That's, I, I haven't heard of that movie. Uh, I'll have to look into that. That sounds interesting. I'd love to check that out. That kind of reminds me of like a mix of uh, the book Brave New World and like also – got a super Superman element where it's like he was the only um, – uh, you know krypton everything was kind of predefined and all the babies were born uh, you know made in like test tube things and yep. he was uh, he was born um, the, the regular way i guess um, right. cool so all right last last one uh, mac or pc
1: I'm I'm a Mac guy right now, but but again my co founders beat it into me. I I had the PC for the longest time and I just couldn't You worked take at
0: Microsoft it. for a while as well. I worked right?
1: at Microsoft for a while and I,
0: I could not <laughs> do a, a PC but like I can only take shit for three years before I <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so Manny, it's been it's been great having you on. I really enjoyed this conversation. If anyone who's listening wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Uh, look me up on LinkedIn. It's very easy to get a hold of me then. So Manny Medina, there's, thing, there's only two of them, and one of them is a multi-billionaire, and there's the other one, which is me. So
0: <laughs> You're not going to be able to tell the difference by the picture, though. But One the, is really yeah. old, and the other one is me. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, Manny, I, I really I really am uh, glad to have you on, and I hope you have a good rest of your day, and I uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome. You too, Jeff. Thanks again for the time. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.